part of the uh, the long the beauty of the long history of the deep end fantasy football podcast is the continuing effort to define deep end. Well, I'll tell you what. Last night with playoff berths and a buy on the line or two in the FFPC playoffs in the first quarter with my kids watching some Disney thing, and my <laughs> wife on a conference call, I'm holed up in my bedroom, like curled up with my knees up. And I, I realized my posture is so weak and defensive. I've got my phone like this watching Seattle and Washington just begging for one Seahawks takeaway in the game. <laughs> first series of the game, tip pass, hits the ground. I'm like, here we go. That felt like the deep end. Welcome to the playoffs. This is the deep end. Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst. We'll have some fun tonight. Talk a lot of strategy. Thanks for joining us. What was your sweat level? Ugh. Sweat level midnight? How about sweat level midnight? Last sweat night? level midnight. That's great. <laughs> I feel like that could be the, the headline of so many different things. Um, yeah. Like going ham or something, something like that. <laughs> sweat, sweat level midnight for Did sure. you go ham? Well, it was more of a sweat level midnight situation. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, you know, it was everyone had something going on last night. If you're in the high stakes world, you had, you know, you at least. At least I wasn't relying on DK Metcalf. In fact, oh, I think, I think I made it into a, an extra football guys playoff because of DK Metcalf not scoring any points for a team. So yeah, last night it came down to the final drive. I needed to fade Russ and lock it, and uh, on that final drive, and I I did barely, and then they get the onside kick. I'm like, oh my god, here we go. But uh, I did it. Mm. I made it. Mine was for my partner, Louis G, who's been on the show, and I, to get a bye, we needed another team to win so that they could get first place and points. Okay. And we could be the next most points for, you know, second place. And and Guilds was chasing us with Antonio Gibson. So that got interesting later, but for the Oof. other team to work out, he needed, he needed two from the Seattle defense. So I can tell you anything now. I couldn't have... I couldn't have told you two days ago what all the defensive scoring was, but I know now that a takeaway is two, a sack is one, and that extra point thing was two. I know that. That was like the clincher. Yes. Well, well, that's the thing, too. You don't you, – FFPC defenses do not score. So it's like yeah, two points. I mean – Not a given. That's a sweat. <laughs> For right. sure. Right. And the worst fantasy beat of my life was a Monday night game in Washington five or so years ago, and I couldn't stop – I'm just like this. You would have been so uh, ashamed. PTFD. PTFD. <laughs> well, congratulations to everybody who made it to the playoffs here week 13, or even especially with the bye. I mean, I from all the scrolling and rereading and rereading these last few days in my first year in the main event, I feel like I know that now and I can really appreciate the, the advantage yes. of getting through. I mean, there are different aspects to it, Adam. There's the fact that you don't need to win this week right. but there's still that same incentive to do that talking main event now not the fpg as much but you know the difference is the regular season money uh mostly and so you have that but you also like it, it can affect waivers too you know thinking more about two weeks ahead but you know uh anyway super cool congratulations everybody tuning in who made it we hope we can help you a little bit and we want to do a little bit of uh, victory lapping here of our own. Yeah. So on we we did a show around this. We were doing we were on all through the off season, and on Memorial Day. Memorial Day is one of my favorite days of the year. It's the beginning of summer here in Western New York, where we both live, and there aren't quite the family obligations of certain other holidays. So it's kind of a free day. You know, you 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 pay your respects, go to a, a, a ceremony, maybe in the morning recognize the the meaning of the holiday then also like you're kind of at the grill all day or in the pool i love memorial day and it didn't take me much into the afternoon to realize i wanted to draft that night like let's go <laughs> so what i either texted you or just tweeted it welcome to the deep end <laughs> welcome to the deep end i mean that was that was definitely like a a chapter in the in the path here in the process so um i had you and we got louie and then we had 
Abib and Gilds and Jay and Scott, and suddenly we had this loaded Memorial Day draft, which is really cool. And you and I were the two teams to get the bye. Yes, that is pretty cool. A little deep end bragging rights for for the Gilds and Abib. And like you said, you named all those guys and Chasing the Helmet podcast. Those guys are great. You've been competing with them. Uh, but yeah, so the I mean, this league, and we always talk about like, hey, those leagues are fun to draft in, but the but the you know the half million dollar winner probably is not coming out of those leagues because everyone's so sharp. Um, so uh, and yeah, we got the lo and behold, you and I got the got the one and the so I got the one seed ten and two, and you are uh, are you the Tigers? Yeah, six and six, but 18, 14 points. We'll work on the names next year. I just named my teams for whatever activities I was involved in on a given day. I haven't, we haven't branded this thing like you. Uh, that's right. You know, maybe, that's right. maybe there's some advantage to it. I don't know about hikers, but it was your, your league all year. Yeah. I had, I had a really good year. You know, I had the first, one of the few leagues I had the first pick went McCaffrey. And, and, and so the unfortunate part is that um, while I, I got the buy, which is thank God I got the buy because I would be in big trouble if I didn't. But um, you know, I had what Christian McCaffrey and went heavy receiver after that. I think I went Ridley and Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And so crossed my fingers for Ridley to come back. I mean, I haven't heard anything on him in three, four mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Robert Woods is done. So I, you know, I um so we'll we'll, we'll see. I'm gonna need a little luck. All I care about is the three-week race at this point, because um that's what really what we're, what we're doing this for. And I just want to get fairly healthy. Maybe I can get somebody in there for. Christian McCaffrey, but how is your, uh, what does your team look like? I don't even know. I'm going to go look at it here. I think I love it. Um, Brady and Prescott. I'm reticent to show this roster because like, why would a team have Brady and Prescott? And in short, the answer (laughs) is I didn't know what I was doing. Like I just sort of backed up Brady. I drafted Brady, but never really committed to him until like very late Um, in retrospect. I mean, you don't get to know how it's going to go, but like anybody advocating for Brady, which was a lot of people uh, have been paid off already. So sure. Brady and Prescott, I've, I've missed a couple times. Always remember when you make it though, because there've been times like last week. Well, last week is not a good example because Prescott was the play last week, but another time recently it was the, the when Prescott and Dallas went to Kansas city, it was the other way. So don't forget about the times when you get it right. That's important. Um, yes. Th- this team's pretty good. Do you like it? Let's get your... Uh... I, I love it. And here's the thing. It's all about, like I was talking to you before the show, I've got some team. I have three or four teams inside the top 200 of the football guys right now. But one of them's got Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel. So, like, I don't expect them to... I mean, I haven't looked at the matchup, but I'm probably in, in trouble a little bit in the first round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do have a bye. So, like, if Debo can get healthy, and I really, I really... I think I have four top seven receivers. So, it's all about, like... Once you're in, how does that team look in the moment with all the injuries? And, you know, I love Mixon and Eckler are cooking right now. Renfro's been great for a while. Connor's back, healthy, the number one back there for now, hopefully for a couple more weeks. Ayuk, I mean, come on. Perfect timing for that Debo Samuel injury. Um, And Hawkinson, as much as he's kind of been up and down, he's the number three tight end. Um, Right. And, you know, you know how how I feel about Hawkinson. If you could – AB coming back from injury. Cooper hopefully can get over whatever he's got going on there with the COVID. Like yep. this team's got depth. This team's got opportunities and it's healthy. So um, without outside of Cooper, but I think he'll get there. AB's there, I think this week. So I like it. How, how do you feel about it? If Cooper is active, does he go in over Bourne? Um, and yeah. does that put Prescott in over Brady or do you go, I'm going to talk about stacking too. So if, if I can use this roster to make that transition, Adam, like this is a team that is through to the sprint. That is the right terminology, isn't it? Sprint? You yes, use that. the sprint. Everybody okay. understands it. Yeah, yeah. So this team is through. And it, it might be something that some viewers don't know. Your weeks 13 and 14 scores do not affect your season average. Like your season average score that you take into the sprint is already finalized. Correct. So the stacking strategy where you might want to add to that score more boomer bust is, is out. You really just need to win these two games. That's it. I mean, it's, yep. you could win this game 10 to nine and it counts the same. So well, and, 
And two, I mean, how much are one or two games going to really affect your season average? You'd have to go absolutely, you have to be terrible. Okay. Go absolutely crazy. I right. Would think, right. You know? So my minor point anyway, as you're saying, good point. Sure. So would you care about pairing up Brady and Brown, if Brown is active or Prescott and Cooper Thursday night makes it tougher. Like Cooper, you got to decide. Yeah, I would care more about it certainly in the in the sprint in the in the, in the three week race because then you know those points all got count going forward. And if your quarterback smashes, hopefully Cooper smashes, um, or Brady and, and, and AB. Like I, honestly, man, I've been just AB was. I mean, I could be wrong. I feel like he was a top twelve receiver before he got hurt, fantasy wise. So if AB's healthy, I would really be trying to wait it out, see if maybe you can get because you're okay with Bourne. Bourne's Bourne's been a top. 15 receiver over the last month or so. So you can, you can wait it out. A B throw in born, no Trey white for that game. Um, but, and hopefully a B shows up rather than putting in Cooper and losing out on, on a B. Do you give thought to, you check to see what kind of favorite you are and then adjust based yes. on floor or. Yeah, I, think that, I think that has something to do with it too. Um, and we'll talk more about that with some of the other topics we have, but. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, um, that this team, you know, you have, you have good, uh, good, good problems to have here. Well, just don't tell Darren and fantasy mojo. Cause I don't want any sort of spotlight on, Oh, look at this team's got Brady and Prescott. Like, who, <laughs> who would have done that? What are their Listen, trades? Whatever, are, there, are there trades in FBG? <laughs> whatever, what, whatever works. I mean, again, we always have to talk about the plus EV and all the, oh, you shouldn't handcuff. It's like, what, whatever works. If you, you didn't have to, you didn't have to ever spend. I've got teams that are really good, really good. That have Jalen Hurts. And I, you know, like, well, is Jalen Hurts even going to play this week? Now, I wish I had a Dak Prescott or a Tom Brady to throw in there. Like, you know, so yeah, it's, right. it's, it just all depends. Right. Yeah. I saw Darren, it's such a great service and he has, you know, just a great sort of style about him. And he put the list out of the players who are on the teams that have advanced that have clinched buys. And I saw Todd Gurley and like, you know, welcome to the sprint Todd Gurley. There's a team out there in the main event that made it to week 15 with Gurley on it, but Darren, <laughs> Darren is great. And I think we all use his, uh, Oh, I love, his, his I love his stuff. And I, he posted something about the, I asked him if he could look into, he was probably going to do it anyways, but the playoff stacker tracker, I guess, because I really wanted to look into my Kittle Kelsey FBG team. Cause I was scrolling down and I see that Kittle was like way down the list. I think there's only 114 teams in the FBG that have Kittle uh, in, in the playoffs and I have killing Kelsey. So I'm assuming that's a pretty rare stack to get through. So that'll be interesting to see if I can get them into the, into the uh, race. I will be rooting for you as your friend. And as somebody that with Louie has a Kelsey Kittle team in the main in event the main, already, that's right. Already Excellent. through to uh, the sprint as well. So speaking of that, uh, it, it, this is fun. Like I love that next year's drafts, are always being discussed. I mean, like when McCaffrey was put on, on IR again and he's out for the year, I was ready to do it. I had the instinct to do it. Sorry for stealing your word. Uh, I was with <laughs> Sneaky Joe at WGR, and he's like, is McCaffrey the number one pick next year? And before we could even sort of formulate a thing, a poll or something like that, everybody was all over that. Oh, he's not going to be the number one. Here's my ranking. Here's the top 12. He's number seven. Different. There's all kinds of opinions flying around about that. I love that. And the – a part of that, if not like sort of the the real question people want to talk about, is drafting positions, right? Zero RB to RB or not RB in these drafts. Yes, I, I don't know. You know, there is. I, I got into this with you like a year ago, a little more than a year ago, and one of the first things it was Matt Schauf for one, and Overzet. Like one of the first observations I made about this this space is that there are just a lot of smart people yeah. who know what to do with a microphone. Like there's just a lot of smart people who are articulate and have, have a point of view. And it wasn't anything I thought about negatively. It wasn't just anything I real, really realized about fantasy content. And that's, you know, Ian Harditz and there's so many guys who are so good. But this zero RB thing, so I'm in radio. Like I have an employer... I get a paycheck. I've been doing that for like 25 years. 
And a lot of podcasts are more like ours. It's kind of like one point of view is represented. It's friends or it's coworkers who are kind of just, and that's not a bad thing, but what you, what you don't get, what you would get, doesn't have to be traditional media, but what you would get in a different setting or might be more likely to get is a, a moderator, is sort of a, a person who can be the point guard and bring in different points of view. And when I read about or hear Zero RB, it's almost always, and I watch a lot of these and listen to a lot of these shows, it's almost always like one point of view mocking the other. Yeah. And, and that's Twitter. And when somebody does it on Twitter, their guys come calling and vice versa. I mean, I think the guys, Pete, Pat Corain, and Gretch, and those guys who, I don't know, are they the home office for Zero RB or yes. Siegel or whoever it is? Like, I mean, that is super well thought out. And the data supports what they've sort of represented in their argument. And I just think that de deserves more respect. You're, you're still going to try to achieve balance. What do you want to do in draft? I learned this from you. You want to find value zig when they're zagging, all those kinds of things. And those are irrespective of what positions you're drafting to a point. And so the bottom line, what Harditz is right when he says, oh, he points out all the wide receivers who are hurt in the second and third round. You know, that, that's right. But there, there's still a basis for it that's that's provable. And so I think next year we'll probably do the same dance. I mean, I don't know what you're, what you're thinking as I'm talking. I think next year we'll get into drafts and we'll do the same dance. And a lot of people we're going to see in these main event playoffs and FBG playoffs are people like Guilds and like Schrader, who was on a couple weeks ago. They have tons of teams. And, of course, they're going to have variety, you know, necessarily. And that means building different ways, you know, also. So I don't think we're going to get to a right, maybe ever. I mean, I'm, I'm not somebody who goes back with this question 10 years or anything, but it just feels like a question we'll always be asking. Yeah, I think it needs to be our intro question to every guest we have on the show moving forward. To zero zero RB or not, because usually, how do I say usually? Look, a, a lot of the high stakes players don't prescribe to one or the other. They do what's best that day, in that moment, at that draft, with that pick. Right. The people who that I tend to listen to that really make a stand are the guys who don't play in a lot of leagues and they're playing in one or, two, or they're playing at home leagues. Like you can't, it, there's room for everything. But what frustrates me the most is the people who just don't truly understand why, like what makes zero RB great. Like you just think it's like not taking RBs for, because they get hurt more than receivers. It's like, it's not really, it is it, but that's not all of it. Like every time a running back gets hurt, it's a, it's a check mark in favor of zero RB every single one of them, because you just, that is the, the, the premise is they're going to get the running backs are going to get hurt and you can handcuff the running backs. You can draft the, the backups. Th think of all the backups this week that are, that were Alexander Madison. We can't wait to hear that Zeke isn't playing. Like it's just Jamal Williams. The list goes on and on of these handcuff, these backup running backs that teams that were zero RB were targeting in the mid to late rounds that are league winners. Tony Pollard is a league winner for a zero RB team. He's not necessarily a league winner for a team that started, you know, with uh, Mixon and Eckler. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's the advantage that you get there when there's an injury. So I just feel like people who bash zero RB don't know, uh, don't even really know what it's all about. And then the people who are, only zero RB. And I know you mentioned like Pat Corain and all those guys and like the, the, the Rotovis guys, like it's a super clever way. Like they, they coined it. Um, you know, Sean Siegel coined it 10 or 12 years ago or whatever. And it worked really, really well when he did it, when he started it, because nobody was even thinking about doing it. So you were able to get the top five receivers, you know, or, you know, three of the top five receivers in the first three rounds. Now it's a, it's a little bit harder because more people are doing it. But I just think there's room there. You have to do both. If you're going to be a high stakes drafter, if you're going to be a high volume drafter, you have to be flexible and you have to be versatile enough to do both. Because if you're not doing both, you're, you're not winning as much as you should be. I'm, I, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago. I'm in a three K um, picked out, picked out, picked out of the 12 spot. I yeah. was, I was, I'm going to go running back, running back because I'm going to get the advantage at running back and I'm going to go, Mix an Eckler or something like that. And Diggs and Tyree Hill fall into my lap. 
and I'm number one by 130 points against really good players because I went with what the draft gave me. I didn't just go with, oh, I can't go zero RB. You know, it's so you gotta you gotta be versatile enough, and it takes it's 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 practice. It's practice. It's drafting multiple teams from multiple spots all winter, all spring, so that you can go into your high stakes drafts and crush it with whatever they throw at you. So I just hate when both sides are bashing each other. I mean, and I just, you got to meet in the middle. You got to be able to do both. I was listening to, like you said, Dwayne and Ian today uh, on their, on their podcast, maybe yesterday. And, you know, Ian was bashing zero RB and Dwayne was like, well, you know, all all of it works. And that's because Dwayne plays a lot of high stakes. He understands. He, He did like 26 football guys drafts. He understands in order to be successful, you have to be able to do it all. So I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, sure. And I'm a big Ian Harditz fan. Like I, oh, sure. I, I want to say, right. Um, super good. Like the, the, the host is a key and being able to sort of move the conversation is a, is an important skill in this that I, I respect. I mean, that's been my experience professionally. So, uh, speaking of running backs, our bare knuckle team, just quickly, I mean, like, I, I talked to you as I sat down, bare knuckle, no notes, no phone. After Dallas Tampa, you got to do twenty-eight rounds for memory. And I said, Adam, give me your final swing, your final swing thought. And he said, Get your running backs. Yep. So I picked eleventh, and I went. I I nailed it. Najee Harris and Saquon Barkley. And here we are making our move in week twelve with Fournette, AJ Dillon, and Breida. Let's go, Breida. <laughs> So that is not zero RB, but the right depth in a best ball. I don't know. Like Brita was our last round. I, I sort of wobbled over to you at the end of 28 rounds. It's midnight in Vegas. Like a prize you, fighter. You're like, what What do you think? I said, well, I went Brita over Marlon Mack. We'll see in the last round. And it's turned out I, he's probably ahead of Mack. Great, great uh, decision. For the season. So Fournette, I mean, that I was almost embarrassed to pick him. I think a lot of people felt that way in drafts, whenever it was. And he's another interesting debate right now within the zero RB confines is like whether somebody who picked Fournette in the middle rounds, like knew what they were getting. Yeah. I mean, I was not embarrassed. I was excited to take Lenny Fournette because I just, that's one of those situations where he was, and another reason why my zero RB teams are were successful this year or are or whatever. We're not, we're not there yet, but it's because I was able to find or target the right mid to late round running backs, James Connor, Leonard Fournette, you put me on the James Connor. And, and so when you hit the right running backs and you're picking up handcuffs and picking up running backs along the way, it makes the zero RB much easier. But Lenny Fournette was one of those pieces where it had nothing to do. It was just like, I trusted that that's who the coach wanted. Brady liked him. The coach liked him. And that's all that matters. We've talked about this before. Like, oh, I think, I think this, I think Ronald Jones is better than Lenny Fournette. It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what Tom Brady, it matters what the quarterback and the coach and the offensive coordinator think. They love Fournette. And that was literally all I just went in blindly. Like, if they love Lenny Fournette and they're going to be a really good offense and they'd be really aggressive all game, every game, I want that guy. Yeah, and you know that this was a fair question last year, and we had a year worth of evidence to add to the position. Yeah. You know, we we had the Super Bowl. <laughs> he, he he had a he smashed in the Super Bowl. Yes, like what's that worth the next year on a team yeah. on a team with veterans starting with Tom Brady? You you can almost assume that they're going to rely on the guys that got them there the year before, that won the year before. And they're also like the game scripts work out. Brady's having a fine year and they're they're winning. And that means Fournette last week was above and beyond. I mean, four touchdowns in a game where they're losing. That's 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 more than we uh we signed up for. But he needs he needs one nickname. So you have an Uncle Lenny. There's Uncle Lenny, there's playoff Lenny Leonard or Lenny, there's Lombardi Lenny, and there are probably other ones. What, what what do we go with here? Uncle Lenny? Is well, that I'm, I'm always going with Uncle. I've I've been saying for like, you know, in this couple of discords I'm in, like a, my line for every time Fournette smashes is is uh it's it's not everyone has an Uncle Lenny, but I do. You do, yeah. And I do, and I've I've got I've got two of them now. I'm gonna buy an Uncle Lenny jersey. It's just uh, <laughs> he's been he's been honestly uh he's been my, my my MVP. Him and Cooper Cup. I mean, those guys in the mid to late round. Ab- Leonard Fournette's absolutely smashing. He's been healthy all year. Like 
that that's just he's been sensational. That's with a Ronald Jones rushing touchdown last week. Besides Tampa Bay at Atlanta, implied total 31 for the Bucks, an 11 and a half point favorite this week. Adam Levitan went with Uncle Lenny on his solo pod. That's good enough for me. That's what I'll use. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So, Leonard Fournette, good luck. Mike Williams is somebody who maybe wasn't your MVP, but he was on that track for a while, and then it stopped. Adam, I feel like Mike Williams, with that quarterback playoff contention, he's probably got a 5-180 and 2 waiting somewhere along the way here. But you can get knocked out with weeks like the weeks he's having, you know, before you get to realize that, um, how solid a play is he? Like what, what does it come down to when deciding whether to start Mike Williams right now? You know, that's very interesting. And I read a tweet and I'm, I'm trying to find it. I should have saved it. Someone tweeted earlier today about how he was like wide receiver four through like the first four weeks. And, and since then he's been like wide receiver, 40 and that's averaged out to like wide receiver 17 or whatever he is. So we get stuck. Sometimes I can get stuck in these old, I mean, listen, the NFL season is, is uh, it's all some small sample sizes, right? I mean, it's only 17 games. It's, it's pockets of, it's almost pockets of seasons. So to get, you know, I, I try not to get stuck in the mud with, Oh, it's Mike Williams. And Oh, I loved him. And Oh, he was so good to me the first month or five games. And that, but now it's money time, man. Like you got to really go over your starting line and be like, you know what? Does he have a good matchup? Are they using? They're not. I mean, I don't want to say they're not using him because I've been really locked into these Chargers games lately. And last week didn't do much. The week before, he caught that long one, which was sensational. Uh, won me um, a league and 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 probably some some other people too. And that, but then even the week before that, when he didn't do that great. You know they targeted him inside the five yard line. He dropped one at the at, at the two. Right. He, him, him and Herbert were miscommunicated on another one. So it's like he's had his opportunities. He hasn't connected. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we've got uh, five weeks left. He's got at least one monster game left, I would think. And I would hate when the, all the money's on the line to sit him during one of those. But he's not. He's not their top target. He's not their second target. You know they got Eckler there and. And uh, so he's going to be tough to sit because he's got that high ceiling. But if you've got, you know, it's like a Hunter Renfro. You starting Hunter Renfro over over Mike Williams? That's an int- that's a good name. You know, because I think I have one of those. That's why it's kind of in the back of my head. Like, man, Renfro's getting me fifteen. I know that. You know, it's who who knows. Yeah. And last week it was even bigger. Like, it really depends. It shouldn't maybe. So tell me if this is wrong. But the first thought I had is it depends on the rest of your team or and your and your yeah. matchup and things like that. I mean. Williams feels like a gamble, but isn't that how you win big, right? Like that's be aggressive, be e aggressive. I learned that in uh, in high school. I remember. And I think that. Mike Williams might be more of a, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about the FFPC in the playoffs, the race, the sprint turns into like a DFS type thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I think that like, A, I, I need to score as many points as possible. I don't have to ceilings, guys, but B, I'm also looking at who's starting who. Like if I, if I have Mike Williams and I think no one's going to start him, well then maybe I'll start him. Or maybe hey, if I think everyone's going to start Mike Williams, maybe I go with like the Hunter Renfro example, because maybe he won't be started as much. So that's where these ownership percentages come in and knowing who you're competing with. Because uh, two years ago, when I came in fifth in the main event, I had a very different roster. I was starting three tight ends. I was starting Goddard and Ertz and Gasecki and nobody had that combination and they smashed and I was able to, 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 to make my way up the list. So that comes into play too more for the, uh, for the sprint. Okay. Next subject blocking. Yes. So I think I know this much. You're playing fantasy football. You're competing. You're playing to win. Friendships are secondary, <laughs> not what it's about. What are friendships? Under, what are under, right. What am I even, what am I even talking about? It's understood when you're playing for money, that blocking is a part of the game. You're, opponent maybe someone you know needs a quarterback too bad like whatever the situation is blocking is accepted I think I'm right about this now I play in a league with my son for ten dollars am I going to block the guy he needs you know no (laughs) but in this I want you to tell me that all is fair so let me just start by saying, because you brought up friendships, um, I absolutely, this last year has been 
sensational with meeting all these people, meeting them in Vegas, meeting them at the FF Expo, meeting them at the FSTA in Texas. And the most amazing thing to me is we have, you know, a group of people that we're, we all kind of getting to know each other and on Twitter and meeting and the respect that everyone has for each other and the, the camaraderie and the people rooting for each other is sensational. And Except I think when everyone, it comes to zero RB. But not when it comes to zero. But even then, you can agree to disagree and get over it. But like right, I'm in some right. home leagues, Mike, that I've been in forever. There's more backstabbing and crap talking and stuff that goes on in those home leagues where there's six cents on the line. When you've got high stakes players competing for half a million dollars and there's so much support, I just think it's really, really cool. But going to blocking, I will block any one of them. Any one of those people that I met that I had a great time, I'm blocking any one of them. I'm blocking all of them. In fact, I can't wait. After this show, actually, I'm going to get off. I'm going to go grab a drink and I'm going to sit in front of my laptop and I'm going to just be able to, now that I've got my leagues whittled down, now that I got my lead, I'm gonna turn on a nice fire. Maybe I'll have a I'm just gonna to block everybody. I'm gonna block I'm gonna block, block everybody block, block, block. I'm gonna roll out a bearskin rug. And it's gonna be <laughs> incredible. Crowdworth after dark. to spend time because I've had 900 rosters, it feels like. Now that half of them are out, now I can go through each league and say, okay, how much fab do I have left? What's he got left? You know, does he need a running back? Oh, I'm gonna go get that guy. Does he need Taysom Hill? Well, I'm gonna go get Taysom Hills because so he can't start it like I can't wait to get in there and just get 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 dirty and grimy with it. Note to self. <laughs> so look out for the if you and I win. That's right. If you and I win this week, <laughs> blocking you left and right. But it's not what do you late. think? Are you are you are you a blocker? No, I I think that's all correct. Yeah, I was talking about this on WGR today in the six o'clock hour. Like my problem is no matter if it's this or a lot of other things like it, my instinct is more toward relationships because I, I value that more than money or more than competition. I've never been, even when I was playing sports in high school, I was playing high school tennis. And I remember one day we, we were good. Like my partner and I went eight and three or something that year in doubles. And we, we were good. But I remember a moment where somebody missed a shot and they were just all upset and like, you know what? I wish you'd made it. And my wife was a deep, like she was first singles at Baylor. Like she, she and I are still together somehow, despite the fact that in competition, I kind of am rooting for you. I want you to win. I like my life. I don't want to mess it up. Like I want you to win. I don't need to beat you at something and have you not like it, like me anymore. And I've been that way for more than 30 years. And she's like, are you serious? Like she should walk out of here over that. That's the thing that's going to end it. I think if, if anything does, it's going to be that. So as I was talking about then on the air, like my, my priority is relationships. And if somehow who knows how the other person is going to react, especially if you don't know them when there's thousands of dollars at stake. I don't know. Like I sort of shy away, but I do think ultimately that it's all good. Like that's part of the game, even in the main event playoffs right now where you're in a semi and the other, even if you got the buy, the other semi, somebody's short, we have a couple teams, Louie and I, where we have the most money and we're going to spend it. I mean, that's that's playing the game. So I think that's, you know, really how it should be. But there's a part of me that is sort of struggling with that because what I want most is to keep this show and to keep our guests and to sort of have, like you talked about the relationships. You and I went to Canton. You went to Texas. You went to Kentucky. We went to Las Vegas. I mean, that is so great. Even in yeah. Hawaii, I had the fishbowl shirt on, and I passed a guy. He's like, you're in the fishbowl. I'm in this group. I'm in Radiohead. You know, we talked about that. Incredible. And to me, that is the most important thing. Blocking, you do it. By the way, quickly, last week I brought up the subject of reaching out to an opponent, reaching out to someone else in the league yes. to help your chances. Let me tell you how that went. Let me tell me. So this is a main event, and we were a game out of first with it turned out the most points like we got there i think and i have two that served that two out of four made it so i'm sometimes struggling to figure out which one is which but the guy in first place we needed to have lose and his opponent didn't have a quarterback and it was out of it so you know louie and i are talking and i'm trying to be vague with you right 
I don't be don't want to be too specific, but we're talking like, so what's the right move here? Do you want to say something, not say something? And I decided on the morning of waivers, last Wednesday morning, I was at the grocery store and I said, <laughs> I am not going to be happy with myself if I don't do something. Right. I'll try to figure out the right way to do it. But if waivers comes and goes tonight and this guy, because he's eliminated, is going to start Patrick Mahomes on a bye and the first place team is just going to walk to the to the money, like that would piss me off. Yeah. So you got to try. So the guy was easy to find on Twitter. And I thought, you know, and this was also from Louis advice. He's like, just be you. I said, I'm going to say something. Any advice? Like, just be you. So I was gentle and, and kind about it. You know, I just was like, uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Good luck on waivers. You know, it's been a fun <laughs> season. I sort of slipped it in. You can find the tweet. RL Holdings was the guy. He was great. Six minutes later, he responded, thank you. Love your team. Uh, you know, whatever. And he went and got Andy Dalton. And it oh. went all right. Like yeah. he had a bunch of guys on Thanksgiving. It went all right. He did not eventually win. And we lost anyway. Okay. So it didn't end up mattering, you know, for the – that was for, like, the extra money. We ended up getting getting through on most points. But we did not win first place. Wouldn't have mattered. But this guy was great. You know, most people are great. Twitter is always about the people that are sort of there to ruin it. Right. But yeah, you you did you did have somebody tell you the stupidest sports take you've ever heard. That's because there are a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, most people are good, and they they're sort of in it for the same with the same sort of spirit that you are. So, I did reach out. It went great. Didn't get the result, but so what? Congratulations to the guy who finished first. Yeah. No, that that's great. Now you have good practice for next year when you want to do it again. Yeah, like, and if if you came to me in that same situation. And you worded it in a way that sort of implied, I don't think you're going to do waivers and we don't know each other. I might be pissed. Sure. Because no, I'm going to do waivers. And now I really don't want to help you as much as I would have otherwise. Because you've talked about, and you'd said this last week and it worried me. You said, I have so many teams. There are teams you have to sort of ignore. And I don't know this guy. I don't know how many teams he has. I just don't want him to ignore mine. Sure. Yeah. And that's why you do it. And if, and listen, I've got so many, when I say ignore, I mean, I'm, 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 if I need a defense or a kicker or a quarterback, I'm picking it up, but I'm not going to grind the, I'm not going to grind the team. But if someone reached out to me like that, was like, Hey, would you mind picking up a quarterback? I'd be like, yeah, no problem. Like that I would respect it. And absolutely. And, and, and there are different quirky things that, you know, you and I might, I mean, we might be on an Island all by ourselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there might be people like, no, I would never let someone, you know, tell me to pick somebody up or whatever. Like, who, who knows? But well, um, th- those things like those can go levels deep, and I, I don't want to tell. I wouldn't want to tell the person. I think you should pick up. What Andy to Dalton. do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like that is too specific, right. and it's really just more. I hope you're still playing. I hope you put the time in. That we sort of all secret, not secret handshake, but kind of all agree when we sign up. We're, yeah, we, we, we wouldn't want that to happen to us. Sure. So. Exactly you want to make some effort. If you have somebody on by, you replace them. If you yes. have somebody injured, you replace them. Do I want to find the, the rank, the five best wide receivers on waivers? I don't care at that point. Right. And that wouldn't offend and, me if you didn't do that. And plus this might not matter to you at all, but like now that, you know, we're doing a podcast and we're trying to help people. Like I'm terrified of having, being that guy that doesn't set a lineup and then they get, you know, screenshot to Twitter or something like, look at these guys. They don't even yeah. try like, yeah, uh, you know, I I don't want people to think I'm not putting my best foot forward either. So I think uh, you got to make an honest effort. I'll, I will admit, home leagues have suffered for me. Oh yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. We're in one together. By the way, Mike Leone, with another smash in the DFS world, he is in this yes. one Empire League with us. And what a congratulations to Mike, also a Western New Yorker, Buffalo guy, and he is just killing it. In DFS, I can't wait to see him next. Congratulate him in person. Absolutely. There's there's that league, and then there's the League of Shopes and Dreams, which is really mo- more famous for its name, perhaps, sure. than anything else. Kevin Payne of Rotowire, the defending champion. I went to a wedding. This when was Jackson sick? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Saturday night was a long night, and Sunday morning was wobbly for me, and so. <laughs> On the RT Sports app, you have to hit save. 
You do? I noticed that today. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was one o'clock. I it literally it was at one o'clock. I looked and I said, I did not hit save with Jackson in and Cam Newton on my bench. So I picked up in case Jackson didn't go. So Incredible. I lost 26 points on that and it might cost me the whole thing. We'll see. But don't complain to your commissioner. It's your mistake. That's right. Walk quietly to the next hole. That's right. <laughs> okay. Fab targets. I hope yeah. if, some, if somebody's watching 40 minutes, I think it's been a fun conversation. Hopefully, maybe they're thinking, when are these bleeping guys going to get to player actual information? I know. That's right. Listen, there are so many great podcasts out there that just load you up with stats and analytics. You hate that. We're, we're the instincts podcast. All right. We got to get through <laughs> topics. We got to give you thought processes, but yeah. So fab, fab targets. I mean, there's a couple, you've got all the Alexander medicines, Jamal Williams. Those guys are, are gone. Check for the double check just to make sure, but those guys are either, either scooped up or, They've been dropped in the last two weeks, and you can't get them because that's right. how FFPC works. So, but a couple of guys that I did notice were available, and this is kind of interesting. Going back to what you were saying about, am I, do I have to buy to, to, to the three week race? Am I do I need am I prepping for that? Am I do I need to win this week to get through? Um, and that so one of the um, one of the interesting names for that is Amir Abdullah. So like they have a buy this this week. So if you need to win this week, you're probably not spending all your money on that guy on Amir Abdullah, but I do think from everything that I'm reading and hearing and seeing that he, you know, ever since he got there, he's been the pass down guy. He's been the, he's been the catch guy and they've got a tough schedule coming up after their, their, their bye week. I think they get Tampa Bay they have twice? Tampa twice after Christmas. They have yeah. Buffalo and then they have Tampa, Buffalo. New Orleans, Tampa to end it. Yeah. They're going to be losing those games. They're going to be, be behind. They're not going to be able to run because those are good run defenses with the exception of Buffalo. And, um, they're going to be throw. They're going to have to throw it. So Amir Abdullah again. If you have Chuba, you're starting him probably because you know. Um, well, let me take it back. If you had Christian McCaffrey and you handcuffed him with Chuba, you're probably starting him because you have to. But don't be afraid to pick up Amir Abdullah too. I know I'm going to be looking for him. It depends. On, do I have any money left? That's where it comes in. Like it's only the teams that are left. The four teams can can, can bid. Um, even though there is like a, a consolation bracket, a toilet bowl and all that stuff they, those, those people don't get to bid, but, um, so yeah, those are, that's where, like you said, having the hammer, having that money at the end. Now you get your pick of the hard thing for me at this point is who do I drop? That's the hard part is do I have someone worth dropping for Abdullah? Cause I want to carry two kickers. As you can see, Joey Sly, I want to carry, uh, it might be a situation where I'm only going to carry one defense. Now I've got Jalen hurts. So it's like, is he going to play? He's banged up. I want to carry some quarterbacks. So it really depends on your roster, but um, Amir, Amir Abdul would be my first t- target. I'm getting so turned on by this. I need a bearskin rug. As soon as we're done, <laughs> I want to get a bearskin rug and just... You, you don't have one? Not, not, Come on. Not, uh, amazingly, no. With my glasses <laughs> and hair, I don't have a bearskin rug or, or a pipe. <laughs> um, I might need that. So, um, yeah, I mean... Abdullah's live. Yeah. All the reasons you said. Hubbard is not exciting to me because he didn't do that well. Yeah. But, I mean, the NFC, both conferences, Adam, you want to look at everything and you want to know what are these teams' motivations. And Carolina is one of many teams that's like right in the middle. Yeah. What is the, how is the owner feeling? What is the GM's job security, the coach's job security? If they need to get to eight and eight or nine and eight, and make the playoffs. That's a different metric, different equation than a team where those other things aren't true, where there isn't that pressure. You know, the Jets might lean younger or teams, you know, there's just so most of the league is playing for a lot in these next two or three weeks, if not more. So it's, it's really hard to know Washington last night, for instance, you know, but maybe Seattle now, I don't know. Does Russell Wilson come out? Could that happen? He looks terrible by the way. I mean, he looks like that he can't he's, he's skying balls to Gerald Everett eight yards away from him. Like, I don't, I think, I don't think his, his hands ready. So who knows? And never throwing to Metcalf and he didn't want to be there in the first place. Maybe. So there are three and eight, like it, it could all get tipped sideways for Seattle. And as you would tell me, that could be relevant in the sprint. That could be Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah. And, and maybe Seattle is focused on young guys and we want to, you know, do things differently. 
I don't know, probably not. But those are the kind of things I think it's important to think about the team yeah. when trying to do the math on this. Yeah. Another another guy that I that I noticed was available in quite a few leagues was Taysom Hill because I think he got dropped before the drop cutoff um, after they you know allowed Simeon to. Like, who saw that coming? Oh, and four weird. It's the weirdest thing. Um, hey. <laughs> but but Simeon. So finally, Taysom Hill is going to get his shot. Hopefully, he's healthy enough to play. They play Thursday, right, Mike? I think Dallas. Uh, Dallas. So you know, I've got a league. Um, it might even be my main event league where I have Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts. So it's like, do I if Hill plays, do I play him? Because I don't know what's going to happen with Hurts, or do I try Ooh. to pick up another quarterback? So what, what are you going to do? I'm I'm lean. I don't know. I I, I I'm leaning sticking out because I think Hertz will be okay, and I might. I don't want to get tell exactly what I'm going to try to do because there's yeah. people listening. But I yeah. think I'm I think I'm leaning nice. Hertz with another backup plan. So um, that's what I'm probably going to do because Hertz is playing playing the Jets, and that is just right. way too sweet to right. to to not try to get. So. Um, but yeah, so I think Taysom Hill is certainly worth adding. If not for your team, look at the team you're playing against. Look at the team that you might play next week in your league. Do they need a quarterback? Do you have the money just sitting around? Go grab Taysom Hill because he's a top 12 QB when he's healthy and then in that offense, take, take him away from somebody else. One more for me would be Foster Moreau. Okay. Yep. Uh, so there was that Sunday morning when the news started to break that Waller Maybe it was a Saturday night because I know on on the Sunday morning I picked up Foster Moreau on FFPC in a couple places, and then he played that week, and I think that was against Philadelphia and did well. And now Waller is week to week, so I'm not sure that's super long term. But you know these FFPC games, with the except, correct me if I'm wrong here, Adam, with the exception of the teams that get like the top two percent or whatever it is that FFPC puts through, despite your league standings, the top 250 or so teams in the FBG. Everybody else, every other game is a team that's through against a team that isn't. Yes. One is a team on a bye. Two is a team on a bye. Three and four are not. Three and four are win and survive. Yes. So that strategy could, you know, be something when you try to figure out what to do. Moreau got the... Sigmund Bloom, Matt Waldman approval when Waller happened the first time that other week. Yeah. So I think those guys sort of set sometimes anyway can set the the bar. The bar. You know, yeah. can sort of announce to the whole fantasy industry if a guy's actually good. Right. Yep. And if they say that it's good enough for me, I think that's good enough for a lot of us. So we all sort of run with it. And Foster Moreau is at, at, hashtag actually good. So, okay, fine. No pressure, Sig, or anything. So, um, <laughs> tight end premium. I mean, there are leagues where you have Waller or you have, I mean, who's on by? Uh, tight end is not that great. Tanyan got hurt. Yeah, you've got. It's the Browns and, and tennis. Yeah. It's actually, it, actually kind of a terrible week or a good week, I guess, in this way, because four teams are on by, but nobody has a tight end that's doing a lot. Sure. Uh, you know, you've also got, um, I don't know, I guess O'Shaughnessy might be a guy. You yeah. Like if you're desperate for tight end, um, you know, did, did the Jaguars like using the tight end or did they, did they just like Dan Arnold? You know, you just, you just never know. Do they, do they like anybody there? Like, who knows? Like it's so, um, yeah, there's, there's, those, there's some options. A lot of the other big name guys that we said are, they're all, they're all scooped up, but still go do your due diligence. Check it, check your league. There's only two weeks left that you can add players. So, Spend that, spend that money, um, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to roll out a bearskin rug and block all your opponents. Okay, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy yourself. I do have a fireplace. Uh, maybe I'll just go. Maybe I'll just go outside. The, yeah, there you go. Look how nice it is today. That's beautiful. This is not Hawaii, but this is my view at home, and it's also not live because it's nine seventeen at night, and it, it was dark four and a half hours ago. Uh, but let's looking for a picture with a little bit of, um, you know, aesthetic. That's to it. right. No offense to the usual backdrop, the people who uh, design them. <laughs> okay. If you like, you're ready after today, you're ready to get upstairs and drink some scotch and smoke. Yes, and I'm ready to start, start rolling into waivers, start looking at my matchups, start. I've got my, my own process. I need to, 
you know, you asked me, what are you going to, who are you going to start? I just know I have that decision to be made and I'm not, I'm not in the, the mind, the, the mind space yet. To do What's your background music? Ooh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, John, Mine John is Bay. represented by my fishbowl division. Ooh, who and is the, the albums vary, but it's always Radiohead. Oh, there you go. When I need to think. It's going to be okay. in rainbows, or it's going to be Kid A, or I mean, Hail to the Thief, depending on sort of how intense I want to make it. I don't know. I might if I'm if I got a bearskin rug, it might be John Cicada. You know what I mean? Just roll <laughs> out a little John Cicada and just see what happens. You know? Are you I mean? watching? Are you interested in the Beatles documentary? You know, I heard you talking about it the other day. I, I am now. Where where I don't even know where where do I see it? Where, what's it at? Disney Plus. Oh, I got that. This is footage from 50 plus years ago. Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, made this documentary. I have been moved to tears numerous times watching only part one. Wow. When you are you are watching a piece of art like Let It Be or Get Back, sort of have it sort of it's given birth to. Yeah. In this movie. And you're watching the other Beatles with Let It Be. Paul is at a piano. It's late in part one. And the other Beatles are sitting there and they're hearing it for the first time. Like imagine being witness. This is what this is. You're, you're witness to the beginning of an iconic piece of art being created yeah. in your presence. And you are watching other famous people react to that. You're watching Lennon. Now it's also, it's edited. Sure. But it's almost as good as it gets. Like you are watching their sort of reactions. I mean, the filmmakers would have wanted to capture as much of that as they could. You're watching John Lennon listen to Let It Be for the first time. That's great. Yeah, and no, I'm that, definitely that is tough to beat. I'm not doing that tonight because I can't be, <laughs> I can't be crying and trying to, to block people. I, had, I need to have my killer instinct tonight, okay? <laughs> the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast is asking, <laughs> is the Beatles documentary and the very beginning of Let It Be good background for blocking <laughs> everyone in your fantasy league. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, not ideal. No, you want let the dog who let the dogs out or something. Yeah, something like that. Something else. Please leave us your feedback at Deep End FF1 at Adam Krautwurst at Mike Shope or at Shope Talk S C H O P P T A L K as it's written on the screen. Good luck in the playoffs. Yeah. And you, you too. Good luck. Good luck, Adam. That's right. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you guys.